Hi, and welcome to Coffee with Claire. Do you have a story that's inside your head, but you're not exactly sure how to get it out onto paper? Well, tune in and watch me and Robbie Lay as she deconstructs how to get those things out of your head and into a storytelling fashion. As you know, each week on Coffee with Claire, we have on our show entrepreneurs, people who give back to the community, and people who like to have fun. Today, we have Robbie Lay, who is a certified coach, communications coach, professional speaker, author of four books, and an active member of Toastmasters International. Welcome, Robbie. Hi. How you doing? I'm <laughs> good, thank you. So, Robbie, you have a real passion for storytelling. What was the catalyst for you to embark on this journey? I think it started because I started reading so early. When my sister was older, okay. and she would come home from school, sit down and do her homework, and make me sit down, and she taught me to read when I was four. Wow. So I started picking up whatever was in the house. My mother taught history okay. and religion. My dad was an avid reader and a musician. Oh, cool. And I was allowed to read anything I could reach on the bookshelf. Well, I wanted oh. <laughs> to read what was up there, so I would climb to the top of the bookshelf. Oh, wow. And I started reading everything. By the time I was in third, fourth grade, I was reading Louis L'Amour Westerns, because that's what Daddy read. I was reading Ray Bradbury short stories. Mm. And I was reading my mom's college literature books. Wow. And it just became this thing. I wanted to be the one who created the story that was inside that book so you 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 read and then it's like oh i want to do that mm -hmm. and so that's you just kind of went from there and started telling stories and some of them i even didn't get in trouble for well good <laughs> well you know um as as a voracious reader i'm curious as to your take on how you feel the electronics that we have now are going to affect our future leaders as they're learning to read on tablets rather than you know, in a regular book, or does it matter? It does matter. There is some visceral differences because it's been proven it's harder to read on an electronic screen. Okay. Because those pixels are always moving. That screen is always in movement, oh, really? so your brain and your eyes are racing to keep up with the movement. Reading on a piece of paper or an actual book, your eyes and your brain don't get as tired because you're reading on something that is static. Interesting. Okay. That's just been proven. I personally just like the smell of ink and Me paper. Me too. I love going into to Barnes and Nobles, and it's like number one yes. is all these things I don't know that I can't wait to, to learn about. But number two, really and truly, the smelling the ink. It's the smell I know of I'm such a nerd. And the older the book, the older the book, the better. Yeah, because it, it smells. It does. It, it smells. It has different. a different smell. If, Absolutely. I don't know what it is, but it's a, it's a very real visceral difference in electronic book and real book. Wow. Well, you know, and, and that's something to think about as we um, move through our electronics age here. Um, now, you have a, a company called WordCrafters. Yes. And under WordCrafters, you have a lot of different entities that kind of roll up into that. So mm -hmm. how do you allocate your time? I mean, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that watch our show, and, and you know, one of the things that they're always saying is, oh my gosh, you know, I've got all these things I have to do. How in the world am I going to get them all done? So how do you allocate your time with all of the different parts and pieces of your business? For the most part, I use just what I call block scheduling. Okay. And I look at what I have to do, I look at deadlines, and I know approximately how long such and such is going to take. So on my calendar, so on a Monday, I've got, okay, two hours goes to this client. And then I have two hours that goes to this project. And kind of spread everything out, see what I need, and do it in blocks, and then block off, okay, I've got to be out of the house for this or out of the office for that, and just set up the schedule and stick to it as much as possible and hope life doesn't interfere too much. Well, and it will. 
So, yeah, well, you know, it's always yeah. good to have, you know, a little bit of cushion time in between yeah. things if you can. I do try to keep some extra cushion in there, and then I have to plan for time for football. Of course. Because football is important. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, you've, you've, um, you've had your own business for a while now. What, what made you start thinking about, I need to own my own rather than work for someone else? Part of it was because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Well. And I'm still working on that. <laughs> what, the growing up part? or no, Yeah, that you, oh, Okay. <laughs> uh, I was working in a storage facility. I was the manager, and it was a very physically demanding job. Sure. I'd already slipped a disc in my back twice. Ooh, yeah, I was, it, I was looking at a lot of pain. A friend of mine who was fellow Toastmaster was doing some contract training for one of the national seminar companies, and she said, you really need to do something different. I know you're looking. Talk to them. Become a contract trainer. She said, the catch is you have to be your own business. Mm, okay. And I'm like, okay, my own business. Well, I'll start with something and then figure out what it's going to be later. So I gave myself a name, did the LLC, did all of the paperwork so I could do the contract training. And then over the last three and a half years, I've refined now exactly what do I mean when I call myself a communication coach. Still a little bit of a work in progress, but I'm much more defined on where I want to focus. And you're, you're a, a communications coach, but you're also a consultant. Yes. So I think people confuse those two terms, or, or they, they use them incorrectly. So can you kind of define for the audience what the difference is between a coach and a consultant? A consultant will come in and say, this is what you have, this is what you need. Mm -hmm. A coach will come in and say, this is what you have, this is what you need, and this is how you get there. The consultant usually doesn't tell you how to get there. Mm -hmm. They just give you the end result of what you need and leave it up to you to figure out how to get there. The coach will actually walk you through the process and help you figure out the steps you need to take. Okay, so I think that helps kind of clarify my favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between those two. Yes. So, um, What are some of the services that you provide under the consulting part of your business? Under the consulting, it would be a matter of we have X number of documents that we need to refine. Okay. Look at it. Tell us, is it too much? Is it too little? What do we need to do to change it? Thinking of like policy and procedure manuals, they, they can get out of hand. Mm -hmm. So it's come in, look at it for us, tell us where we need to go with this to get it where we need it to be. And so I can look at that and sort of help them identify uh, what's missing, what's there too much of. Uh, that type of thing. I have also consulted with people who are professional speakers mm -hmm. and say, I've got to give a presentation. Can you help me with this? What's missing? What's not? What do I need to do differently? Uh, so I've, I've worked with that a little bit as well. So that's kind of what I do as a consultant. Look at what you have and kind of help you see what you have, identify what you have. Some people don't even realize what they have. Right, yeah, and so they kind of need a third neutral party to mm -hmm. take a look and see, oh, okay, well, this part is, is great, this part we kind of need to work on, um, but at least you kind of give them a roadmap yes. so, you know, they're yeah. not just all over the place. Right. You know? and, right. and I think that's one of the gifts that you have is that you really help people um, take all of these things that maybe are kind of jumbled up in their mind, and um, although you don't call yourself a linear thinker, you do <laughs> allow, you know, you do coach 
coach people on how to progress their story mm -hmm. from you know the beginning to the middle to the end and have it all make sense right you know because sometimes when we have thoughts in our heads they make sense up here <laughs> but then when it, it comes out it's like everything not. makes sense up here right <laughs> Why, thank you. I, I appreciate that validation because sometimes I'm, I'm a little worried about myself. But, um, so you do a lot of work with um, individuals and corporations in this whole realm of communication. I mean, you, you coach, but you also train. Yes. So when you're training communication skills, what, what do you find is the most challenging thing for people to really absorb, to really start, not just absorb, but actually implement? Words have power. Mm -hmm. If you don't put them in the right order, you're not sending the correct message. Mm. If okay. you're speaking from your head rather than from your message, there's going to be a disconnect. And I'll mm -hmm. give you an example. Okay. I was driving down to Austin to see my mom, mm -hmm. and I heard a commercial. Okay. It was for a dentist office. They were talking about the different services, but their last line said, our doctors can do all this under sedation. <laughs> if you think about what that statement really says, yeah. I really don't think that's the message they wanted people to know. They don't get that. It's My question is, did you listen to your own commercial? Mm. And I want to always want to pick up the phone and go, and then I don't. Maybe I should. Maybe I'd get a new client that way. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> But it's that type of thing. What is the message you're trying to send, and what is the message you're actually sending? And I hear that, and I see that in advertising and all of this, and I just, I cringe. But that's what I do is I help them hear what they've actually said. And then they go a little like, oh, that's not the message we want to send. Mm, so then so they can change that. Right. And, and you've, um, you've published four books up to this yes, point? Yes, right? I have published four, three novels, one nonfiction. Okay. And, you know, being a good person, I have my actual three novels Wonderful. With me. Well, tell everybody about your three novels. <laughs> well, these two are suspense. Okay. And they're in sequence. This is the first one, and this is the second one. Okay, so the first one is Terror by Terror Night. Terror by Night. And then the next and one the is... And the second is called Arrows by Day. Okay. And again, they are in sequence. Oh, look. And so, like, night is dark, and day is, like, sky. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> And the little spooky eyes. Ooh, they are There's spooky. a stalker involved. So those two. Story then, of my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one is the most recent one. This one I published last year in 2016. Okay. And this is a fantasy. Okay. And so that's that's the two genres that I work with are suspense and fantasy. And the name it's of called this the Godless. One? The Godless. The Godless. Okay. And there is a reason for that. Okay. But I also brought those for you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, um... You've helped a lot of people get their books out of their heads and into, you know, these really nice published, mm -hmm. um, published materials. So how do you do that? What, what's the process? That process that I do when I'm helping someone else start from scratch. Yeah. I do a little bit of ghostwriting. Okay. And that is where somebody will come to me and say, I have this idea. I want to present this, but I don't know how. Okay. A client that I'm working with right now, she's project manager, and she's cre she had the concept to create a manual for people who get to pass the next level of project management testing. Okay. And it's a highly detailed thing, and she says, I don't know how to do it, mainly because I don't speak English well. It's her third language. Oh. Not her second, mm -hmm. her third. So I said, send me your research, show me your diagrams, I'll ask you some questions, 
and then you write out how you think it needs to be done, and then I would take it. So I took all of her research, all of her material, and wrote it for an English-speaking audience with her ideas, her concepts. I'm not a project manager. But I know what sounds right. I know mm -hmm. what works in language. So I put all of it together for her, and then she's like, oh, yeah, that was what I wanted to say. Brilliant. So I take that idea, that concept that you have, whatever it is, get your information, and then talk to you, have a conversation so I can hear your voice. Mm -hmm. And then I can take that and present it in your voice, not in mine, so that the person who picks it up says, oh, that sounds like Claire. So that that's how that works. It's, it's a ghostwriting process, but it's... I don't know how it works. I just know it works. Well, and I think it's, I love that you um, take the time to hear the other person's voice and really, you know, make it sound like them rather than it sound like you through them because that would distort the, I would think that even the reader it would. might have a little question in their mind as they're reading it, like, well, this doesn't sound quite right. Right. I need it. It needs to sound like that person. So through conversation, seeing how they write, looking at some of those other things, listening to what all the other stuff that they do in their life gives me an idea of what their voice sounds like so that when it comes out in a document, it's their voice, it's not mine. So if somebody doesn't like to write, but they have a, they have a book inside of their head, can you help them? Most times I would say yes. Okay. A lot of it is going to depend on what they're looking to do with that book. Like if there, if it was going to be a novel, for example, if would you be able to? If it was going to be a novel, I could probably help them with that because I can help them figure out the transition. How do you go? How do you get your character from opening page to happily ever after? Mm -hmm. If there is a happily ever after, no, sometimes there isn't. No. Uh, how do you get there? How do you flesh that out to make that character real? Something I've discovered from talking to other authors and potential authors mm -hmm. is they don't have enough of a grasp of what that character is. They don't mm. know that character. And until you know your character, they're not going to come out on the page. If you don't know that character's life story inside out, all of their foibles, all of their weaknesses, all of their strengths, all of their prejudices, everything, if you don't have their background, when you write that character on page, they're as flat as that page. Sure. That makes sense because you're not reacting the way they would react. And, and I'm sure the reader can sense that. Yes. Even though they, they couldn't probably enunciate what they were feeling. or, or it, it just doesn't feel real. Yeah. And too many times I've heard somebody say, well, I have this great idea. I said, okay, tell me about your character. Oh, well, their name is this. No, tell me about them. Oh, well, mm then you've got a long way to go. So do you have like an exercise that helps people flesh out those details to kind of help them say, okay, this is your, this is your character and, and this is what they stand for and this is, I mean, do you... I just ask them questions. Okay. What was their childhood like? Well, I don't know. They don't have a child. Yeah, they had to have had, they're, they're an adult now. They had a childhood. <laughs> what was their childhood like? And if you don't, if they don't have those answers, then that character is not ready to be there you in go. that story. Okay, so you kind of so get So I them. just get, I find out the history and I get that information. So um, how, how do you keep everything moving forward? I mean, you've got all of these different things that you do. You know, you're, you're with Toastmasters, and you've been with them for, what, eight years 
nine years? Eight or nine years, yeah. Don't make me do math. Okay, I won't. <laughs> um, and, and, you've, you know, and you've risen up through the ranks there. Mm -hmm. you know, you've, you've, you're obviously very busy writing, and um, you're a trainer. So how, you know, what keeps you going? I mean, what keeps you thinking, okay, well, let me, let me get up tomorrow and, and do this again? I hate to be bored. Yeah. <laughs> I need something to do. If, if I don't, my brain drives me crazy. It, the, the voices don't shut up, and I know that sounds crazy. No, I don't really need a, a straitjacket or a medication. Okay. I just need something to keep the voices quiet. And whether it's helping somebody else or getting their story out of my head and onto paper, as long as the voices stay quiet, I can keep moving. So this is really an outlet for you to, yeah. to keep your sanity. Right. Now, okay. I don't want the voices to go silent. No, because then you're not then, alive anymore. Well, if the voices ever go completely quiet, now we're going to have a real problem. Okay, well, we'll make sure that, you know, let's keep feeding those voices with whatever juice they need. So, um, what advice would you give someone who's thinking about starting to write a book? Determine your audience. Okay. Who do you, what do you want to say? Okay. Who do you want to say it to, and why do they care? If you can't answer those questions fairly clearly, mm -hmm. don't start. Okay. You'll be frustrated, you'll be irritated, and it won't go anywhere. So you need to know who are you writing it to, why are you writing it, and why do they care? Very solid advice. Well, um, Robbie, let everybody know how they can find you if they're interested in having a ghostwriter or having somebody coach them for communication and, and all the other things that you do. My business website mm -hmm. is just Word Crafter Consultants, all lowercase, all okay. one long word, okay. dot com. Okay. And there's a contact page on there. There's some other information that they can see it. Uh, it connects to my author site as well. There's a link on there that says see me as an author, and you can go to my And they website. can order your books. They can order my books from my author site. I'm on Facebook. Okay. Uh, I've got three pages on Facebook as an author, as a business, and as an individual. So they can find all of that there. Uh, that's the easiest way to find me. Awesome. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Clara. So happy to be here. How do I balance responsibility and fun at work? You have to look at work like it is fun. You have to enjoy it. And then you make sure to take breaks. That's really important, too. Some of the fun things about growing my business are interacting with really exciting people and going to really fun events and expanding my conversations and hearing about what people are into. I encourage people in their own lives to have fun by exploring what makes them happy. If you're struggling to have fun, I would say follow your gut, follow what you think makes you happy and go with it. If it's cooking, if it's playing with dogs, if it's sewing, go for it. Uh, my business is called Dory Aromatherapy and Reflexology and I work with people to help them feel more alive and relaxed and grounded and centered. My happy dance. <laughs>
do you have a story inside of your head? We don't necessarily all have to be published authors. We can also document our thoughts just in a journal. So I encourage you to get those thoughts out of your head, out of your heart, and onto paper. Because you know what? No one can tell your story like you can tell your story. Now remember, you can watch Coffee with Claire archived editions on WBTVN slash channel slash Coffee with Claire. And we're also on Apple, Roku, and other internet TV carriers. And remember, always follow the fun. I'll see you next time.